This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Hello, friend. Thank you for joining me for episode 101, and today is going to be just that. It's going to be lesson number 101 on how the hell to handle some food pushers. And, you know, it's the holiday season. No matter what you celebrate, if you even celebrate anything at all, it's still the holiday season. You might even have, you know, families, friends, things like that that are expecting you to celebrate things that maybe you're not necessarily really into. And that's just part of the season. Tis the season, right? Um, But you might be familiar with some of these statements from food pushers, such as, you look skinny. You need to eat more. Or, uh, you must try this new pie I made. It's a family recipe. Have dessert. Eat this. Eat that. Why don't you want to eat my special dessert? I spent hours making it. I especially love that last sentence because it, it's like, the, it, the, it's almost like they're guilting you into, you know, wanting to eat this thing because they spent time in it. There's sweat equity in it. So you have to eat it because I made it for you. Now... I understand a lot of folks have their love language being some sort of act for that other person. And I get it. I totally get it. You know, everyone has a different love language and I am here to respect that because that's just how people feel uh, more in tune with expressing their care and love for someone else. I understand that. Um, Me, personally, I'm a hugger. I tell people how I feel. I usually give gifts. I'm kind of a, I like all, I have a few different love languages. Um, but food pushers, that is their way to show appreciation and to show love and to just give you something. It's their, it's their way of gifting you part of themselves. Okay. And I'm sure you've heard some of these statements that I mentioned before, especially when it comes to, you know, I, I, this is my family recipe. This is da, 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 da. And that's fine because I'm sure your aunt Sally or your grandma or your mom or whatever, you know, fill in whatever relative it is for you. I'm, I'm sure that they just want you to eat all of the food. You know, their argument is usually against having many, many leftovers, right? <laughs> and like people are trying to avoid leftovers while I think leftovers are amazing. Like I love to have Thanksgiving dinner like three days in a row and I like to make it lunch I like to make a breakfast like it's fun it's fun to kind of do that mix and match with the turkey base and things like that so you know it's one of those situations that food pushers are probably present in your life they might not even be a relative or, or even a friend they could be a colleague as well because maybe that's just the how this person is at work and that's just how their relationship is with you and that's fine you know, but these these people are who I affectionately call food pushers, and they have a knack for pushing food onto others like you. And sometimes they might even strive to make every effort to spread some sort of guilt for not wanting what they cooked or spent time making. And it's, you know, no one can make you feel a certain way, but people can certainly push triggers and push buttons and things like that. So I can completely understand how they might be a little bit of a a trigger for you. Now, they can often take your uh, turning down of food 
as a personal attack against them. That is something I've seen all too often. I'm sure you've maybe even experienced it yourself. If you have, let me know. I would love to know. Um, But what they're not realizing is that it's not a personal attack against them. It's just you standing up for your own body autonomy. Like for you to have autonomy about your body, it's important for you to make those decisions and be able to make those decisions on what you're eating and what you're not eating. You know, um, it's just, it's just important to honor that. And you, you have the right to honor what you need in the moment, what your body might need, and no one can take that away from you. So I want that to be a little bit of an underlying theme for you to remember and look back on and think about, uh, as we're navigating this. Okay. So food pushers and how to handle food pushers. That's the topic for today. And today I'm sharing five ways that you can gracefully say no to the food pushers in your life, whether it's around the holidays or honestly just any day. First thing, and this is going to be the most common approach, and this will be maybe even the more difficult approach because you've tried it before and it hasn't worked in the past, but it is to say, no thanks. I just finished eating or I'm stuffed, I'm satisfied, you know, you know, I'm feeling really good right now. I don't want to feel, I know I like, I don't have any room right now. Saying no is a statement and does not need an explanation. So just saying no, no thank you is honestly all you need to say. But sometimes you might feel the need to explain a little bit more, especially around family and to people you love. But that's where saying that you're stuffed or uncomfortable can't really be argued against. You know what? So they want to give you food and make you more uncomfortable and stuffed? Like that's not pleasant. You can always say if you do truly want to eat a little more and try their dessert or whatever they made, then say that you'll try some later. You can always postpone it. Now I have a pro tip and this pro tip basically comes around for, it's important for really all of these tips that I'm sharing today. And that is that at any point in any conversation that you're having, you can always switch the focus on to them, onto the person who's trying to push food on you and onto the person who's making you feel uncomfortable, onto the person who's making you want to eat more and maybe eat things that you don't want to eat and you know you don't tolerate well. And this is honestly a great tip for those times, even when conversational topics might be brought up like, oh, I don't know, politics, current affairs, uh, family asking if you want kids or when you're going to get married. I mean, you know these questions if you have the type of family that I have, which is a very typical type of family. You know, sometimes conversation can get elevated and colorful uh, when it comes to certain topics. And that's fine. You know, we should be able to have discourse over these things, but sometimes it can get uncomfortable or maybe it's a topic you just don't want to converse about. And when that happens, switch gears, switch it back onto them, get in, get curious around them, ask them questions. And, you know, it helps for those moments that honestly, you just want to melt away from the conversation. There are plenty of moments I've been in just awkward conversations. And I'm like, I just want to melt right now. Like, I just want to melt and not be in this conversation. Um, you know, it is, eh, I know it's not really the way to handle it. It's fine. Don't worry. I don't melt. I stay there. I stand my ground and I continue to have the conversation. However, 
you know, there are just times where I'm just like, God, I'm just not in the mood. And I think that's fair. I acknowledge how I feel. That's fine. It's not the end of the world. But that's when I switch the topic and I ask them about, I don't know, their new job or a new hobby maybe that they're taking up or their, their old hobby that they're still doing. Um, maybe even ask them about, uh, like a new decoration that you might see in their house or maybe a recent book that they've read or a recent trip that they've gone on or just something, you know, that can help switch the conversation onto them and the focus onto them. So at any point, this is something that you can always turn to when the conversation starts to get awkward. You don't want to continue to have this conversation because you know where it will go then that's a great time to pause and just switch the questions to them. All right. All right. Tip number two, I highly advise against mentioning any type of new diet that you might be doing. If you're trying to do fat loss or if you're trying to do something differently nutritionally, I just advise against talking about it because discussion about diets and all of that can be triggering for many folks and make them sometimes just feel defensive if they're not really actively dieting or if they have had a difficult time pursuing health through nutrition in the past or whatever. And it can it can even make them want to be more of a food pusher. That's kind of been my experience in the past anyways. Uh, So I find it's just better to avoid talking about any type of diets for the sake of everyone there, honestly, because no one wants to hear about your effing diet, especially during the holidays. And, and honestly, especially if there's kids around, like seriously, if there are kids around, don't start talking about diets. I mean, that is one thing that I'm pretty dogmatic about is don't pick apart your body. Don't talk about diets and don't talk about how you need to eat less or you need to work something off or blah, 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 because that if you do that conversation or if you have that type of uh, conversation or you mention these types of things around kids, guess what? You're just perpetuating that awful cycle that you're in because your family might have instilled some of those things into you as well. And, you know, this is something I can get quite emotional about, but I just don't think that there should be mention about it. You know, we should be talking about food as something that's enjoyable and that can bring family together and not tear us apart. All right. So third thing, instead of talking about a new diet or something that you're trying, talk about a food sensitivity or an allergen that you might have if that's the case, all right? So don't maybe talk about like, hey, I'm doing Whole30 because sometimes people, unfortunately, Whole30, even though it was created to help with food sensitivities, it's unfortunately been skewed to be a weight loss tool, which it if it, was, if it was a good weight loss tool, then you would be able to keep the weight off, all right? I'm just going to say it like that. Um, fortunately, it's not ideal for weight loss, uh, especially fat loss. So, you know, it's just not sustainable. That's a whole other thing I could talk about. But, you know, if you are experiencing food sensitivities, possible allergens, and you're exploring not eating certain things, maybe not gluten or dairy or things like that, great. Just say, hey, you know what? I've noticed sometimes these foods make me feel this way and I want to avoid them and leave it at that because of a, a food pusher with the right mindset and the right intentions, good intentions behind everything aren't going to actively push food onto you that they know. And you just said makes them feel uncomfortable. And this is also, even if you don't have a sensitivity or an allergen, for example, this can also be applied to just foods in general that might not make you feel good. And, and for me, like I, 
I want you to think about foods that maybe don't agree with you and make you feel miserable. Then let them know so they understand why you might be avoiding it. For me, for example, it's it's a lot of greasy, fried, or really, really overly sweet foods. They just don't settle well in my stomach if I eat a lot of them. Um, so I tried to just avoid these foods no matter what. Or, that's kind of extreme. I don't avoid them, but I do limit them, you know? Um, and that's just my personal preference. Because, hey, who wants to feel like crap after eating a ton of fried stuff? You know, not me. Uh, because fried foods just don't agree with me. And that was also a trigger in my family genetically for like gallstones and stuff like that. So I just, you know, to me, that's my body signaling that something's not right. And I'd rather just avoid those foods. So that's just me. Um, but that is something that you can very easily mention to someone, you know, like, hey, you know, last time I had cheesecake, it just didn't really agree with me. Or last time I had this, didn't really agree with me. Um, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, maybe skip that but I'll maybe have this or, you know, I really appreciate your offer and blah, blah, blah. Go from there. All right. Fourth tip that I have for you today is to establish boundaries ahead of time. And, you know, preferably before you get there for the holidays and, you know, preferably in private, (laughs) because I will admit, you know, establishing boundaries is one of the more difficult things to do. And this can be a fairly advanced emotionally, you know, and it can be very um, sensitive and it can require some adept conversational skills. And, but that doesn't mean that it's impossible. And that doesn't mean that this is a conversation that shouldn't happen. But I do really suggest that you set up a time separate from everyone else to have the discussion. That way you're not having this discussion in the middle of the damn holiday dinner when you're surrounded by everyone, (laughs) because that just, um, yeah, it can elevate the situation into a less favorable situation. So let's just try to avoid that. All right. Now, the key here, when you have this somewhat vulnerable conversation with your loved one or friend or whomever, the key here is to not blame anyone either. All right. Never place blame on someone else as that will just inevitably trigger their defensiveness. Instead, let them know that this conversation may be tough to have and that, I don't know, that that you're just so grateful that they're taking the time to listen to what you need and also that you look forward to hearing what they might need in return. So then after you kind of establish that boundary of like, hey, it might be tough to have, you know, like this, this is kind of awkward. I'm a little bit nervous to talk to you about this. Because I don't want, you know, I don't want to offend anyone. Um, but I'm really grateful that you took the time out to listen to what I need. And I would love to also learn what you might need in return. You know, say it like that, right? Then, obviously, state what you need. Keep the statements positive, however. You know, like, for example, I feel so, so good when I, when I listen to what my body needs. And I love it when you listen to what I need as well. Um, and I don't know, something along the lines of like, I, uh, I appreciate that you respect me knowing what feels best for me and my body. For example, uh, these are just examples, right? Um, I'm trying to think of another one. Like, uh, I feel, I, here's one. I feel, uh, seen and heard and respected when you acknowledge my answers and when you acknowledge my needs. And that, that really means a lot to me. 
So thank you. All right. So just show your appreciation. Um, be genuine with it, of course, but you know, paint the picture like that and state something along, along the lines that you know what's best for you and your body. And then once you state what you need and you, you know, clearly state your boundaries that you need, then great. Then finish the conversation by asking them for their support and, you know, inquire with them even if you want to like, Hey, can I have your support in this? And what you're going to find is that you'll often see that they have a difficult time saying no to supporting you. And we just, we just never get to the asking part because people think they know what's best for others more than they know what's best for themselves. Like, you know, that's what food pushers are kind of wanting is like they want acknowledgement of their efforts of making these food, these food items or getting these food items and putting this meal together and like, oh, the blood, sweat and tears, right? And they want acknowledgement for that because they just worked really hard in the kitchen or worked really hard getting everything together and organizing things. And I'm not taking away from that. However, you know, there needs to be some sort of acknowledgement for what you need as well. And maybe there's a middle ground. And I, I know that there's a middle ground for both of those things. They just need to be talked about. And sometimes all too often, we just don't talk about it because, you know, food pushers are genuinely, I think they're genuinely concerned about other people. Sure. You know, but there is a little bit of ego involved too, you know, where they don't want folks to turn down their food that they're making and things like that. If we just couldn't, if we just didn't take it so like it was a personal attack, then I think that, that a lot of this would obviously change, um, everything. Cause you know, you know what being human, it's a funny little thing. It really is like the way that our brains work and our interactions work. But I really feel like if you could sit down and establish boundaries beforehand and, and make it not an attack and make it more about, Hey, you know, I, I really feel seen and heard when you do this. Uh, and I love that. And I, I feel so respected. And, you know, what can I do in return? And, um, can I get your support? Like, ah, those things can go quite far if they're willing to listen. And please, I know you're probably thinking, oh man, my grandma's not going to listen at all to this. She comes from old school, just old way of thinking. They don't want to acknowledge anything is wrong. They just want to put things under the, you know, like brush things under the, uh, the rug or sweep things under the rug, whatever the hell is, the phrase is. But please just try. You don't know until you try, right? All right. Last tip here. Number five. How about you offer to make the dessert or something to bring to share? Seriously, you can have an option. This will give you an option to go go to, right? You can even make a couple options. You can even pick up something, right? So you can have a couple options. Maybe one option could be a possibly a healthier option or one that caters to your nutritional needs, like if you are dairy-free or things like that, right? And then have the other option that's more traditional for other folks if needed, all right? The idea behind this is that you will have something to eat that you enjoy and that works for your body and doesn't make you feel like crap. And that doesn't wreck your stomach or, you know, just make you feel, right? Because no one wants to feel like that. No one wants to feel like that at a holiday dinner, right? Just going to bring the energy down. So if you can put yourself in charge of a couple of options or a couple of side dishes, that way you know you have something that you want and enjoy eating, then great. 
Put the power in yourself. But ultimately, I really feel like you can have these conversations with folks, especially if you can just open yourself up to it just a little bit more. And don't forget, as I wrap up this, you know, little segment today, this this episode today, no is a complete statement. No, thank you is a kinder (laughs) complete statement. You don't really need an explanation. Um, you know, especially if you're like, I just can't eat anymore. Like I have yet to have a family member force feed me a pumpkin pie. I mean, well, let me be real. No one's going to force feed me a pumpkin pie because pumpkin pie is the one dessert that I will definitely have. I know it's traditional, it's boring, whatever, but I'm just not like, I'm not a cherry pie person. I'm not really an apple pie person. I honestly, I, I like key lime pie because I'm from Florida. Shout out to any Floridian listening. If you've had an authentic key lime pie, then you know what I'm talking about. And I'm not talking about the key lime pie that's from like the local, I don't know, grocery store and the frozen foods. No matter how good you think it is, it's not the same. Um, but, you know, like I'm a sucker for a good pumpkin pie, a good key lime pie, and some good chocolates, right? You know, those are generally things that I can't turn down. Ooh, and chocolate chip cookies. But, you know, it's one of those things like if I've, if I've had enough to eat and I say no and I'm just going to eat it later, like I have yet to have a family member literally force feed me something. All right. So please, please know that if someone becomes defensive, it is not directed at you. It is not your fault that they're becoming defensive. You know, if, if they're offended that you're not eating their, their food or dessert or whatever they made. Okay. Just in the process, just try not to attack folks. And instead, tell them how you feel most supported. That can help change things. And don't forget my pro tip. If things get awkward, crap gets awkward, switch the conversation around to them and start asking them some questions that have nothing to do with what the heck is going on in the moment. You know, uh, I mean, I don't care if it's about sports. I mean, hell, we just had the World Cup. Uh, by the time that this episode drops, the f- yeah, the final will have been done. We'll know. We'll know. Uh, <laughs> it's a tough one too. Um, but we'll know who's, who won. That could be a topic of conversation, especially if you do have a soccer loving family. Um, I mean, the, the opportunities for things to discuss are endless. One other thing, another pro tip I do recommend is getting a little bit more current on current affairs and kind of things that are going on that might impact the people that you are with at dinner time or whatever your meal time is. For me, it's usually lunchtime. But um, the reason I say that is because things are ever-changing and ever-evolving in our world, right? It's just the nature of living on Earth. But having something to talk about, you know, like maybe, and it doesn't even have to be pertaining to the news. It can just be like recent research. Like I recently discovered that there's some research being done on developing cartilage in humans. And it really helps for folks who have rheumatoid arthritis or some sort of degenerative ailment for their joints. And it's fascinating. You can start talking about something like that. Like seriously, get maybe, you know, get exposed to uh, just something that's not necessarily news driven, but is like new and, and exciting and something that could be talked about that doesn't have anything to do with what you're eating and politics, and if you're getting married, when you're getting married, if you're going to have kids, all of those just sometimes triggering and uncomfortable questions. All right. That is all I have for you today, friend. Seriously, I hope you have a wonderful holiday season, no matter what you're celebrating, if you're celebrating, and all of that. 
Uh, I'm going to be going out and visiting some family out in Kansas City. We're doing a little car drive and taking Milo. So, yeah, we're doing the eight-hour drive out there. Um, it's flat. We're going through Kansas. It's about the most boring thing you could drive through. Uh, but it's just, yeah, just cause it's cornfields. <laughs> it's just straight up cornfields. Um, but it's beautiful and I find the plains absolutely beautiful. Just, you know, I'm used to driving in the mountains, but shred strong. We're starting uh, a new cycle every month. Next one starts January 2nd. Again, it's $49 a month or $39 a month if you pay for six months in full. That comes to $234. Seriously, check the link in the show notes. You can join us at any time, beginning of every month, but you're going to get the full advantage either starting in October, which has already passed, or starting in January. Um, that's going to be the, those are basically the two main drives. And then we have another one right before summer starts just to get you through the season so you can kind of learn how to strength train through the through the actual biking season because shred strong that's my signature year-round strength and conditioning program this is what i do in addition to all of my riding and you know crossfit and things like that and it's what i find and what countless other athletes i work with also find that stabilizes them just makes them feel stronger and more powerful on and off the bike so seriously check it out link is in the show notes gives you all the details on what it includes and it's robust. Let's just put it that way, right? Anyways, I hope you have a wonderful holiday and I hope you're successful in managing the food pushers in your life. All right, catch you next week.